What's up, guys? Welcome to episode number 12 of CMY Podcast. I'm Yaniel. This is Mark on the top and Christian on the bottom. We're going to talk. Top. Mark's on the bottom. Oh, it's my recording, so you're on the <laughs> bottom. <laughs> uh, so, damn it. <laughs> no, <laughs> so, this episode, we're going to talk about a couple of topics, starting off with Mark is trying to make another decision about buying stuff, because that's what we do. We just buy things. I yeah. think Mark's it's like just weekly at this point. Like, yeah, it is. We always have to the... assume. Like, I think we just need to start off the show. The show should be maybe named Mark Buys New Shit. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome so, to this week's episode of Mark <laughs> Buys New Shit. So we have one guy here that actually uses cameras professionally and makes money from them. And he buys things occasionally. And then we have me and Mark. Right. <laughs> who <laughs> only money to cameras. And we to be fair, awesome. I only buy things occasionally because my wife won't let me buy them more frequently. <laughs> <laughs> if not, I would definitely be buying. I don't know about as, if, as frequently if you, as you guys, but definitely like more frequently. Yeah. Well, it, let's be fair. I'm also, I'm not just buying it and adding and accumulating, right? I'm actually- That's what I do. If you, yeah. Buys and sells. Yeah, yeah. I, know. I, I, I shift around based on what I think is, is, is what I want, which I never really am satisfied by for whatever reason, whether it's due to lifestyle change or something. I, I wonder um, if, but, I wonder yeah. if you'll ever find like, like a gear, like, you know, a set of gear that you'll just be happy with. I, I, that I thought you about will that. Love and so and whatever. Whatever he has, like a 95 when he finally croaks and dies. That is what that is his final <laughs> no, I, so, I found the final form. No, I know exactly what it is. <laughs> I know exactly what it is. Because this is where it started from. So before we talk about what I'm going to do next or anything. So back when I kind of got into photography, it was because of travel. And my traveling has changed over time. And... We lose Yanni. You there? Um, no, I'm still here. Oh, okay. Just making sure. <laughs> my traveling, yeah, my traveling <laughs> routine or whatever has changed over time, especially since we had, I've had kids. So, you know, this is why I like the X100 is came in as like a really great camera option, which I, you know, still have. But I think that's what's going to dictate. If I could travel again and like, or be out and about, not just necessarily travel, just be out and about, it'd be really easy to kind of figure out. Here's what it is that I need, and I mean it kind of has informed like what I think I will be fine with going forward. Um, and that's kind of what I'm aiming for. So <laughs> to, uh, to give insight of what it is, I'm, I, so I had a couple of Voigtlander lenses, a uh, couple Portichrons, if you will. I had a, <laughs> had a 28 F2 and a 35 F2.5, the scope, color score par. So the 28 two Ultron, 35 2.5 scope bar and the hell did I sell? Oh, well, yeah. And then, yeah, that's what, yeah, I said that one first. So those two are gone. They're actually, well, the 28 sold. I sold the 16 millimeter Fuji lens that I got from Yanni that I just had a to try later. it. Yeah. I just try it. I did try it. Just why it is just not, I, I wanted it specifically. He looked to at use, me, he's like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, he fail, I, I'm fail, okay with it. He buys it from me. I put things up for sale. Mark buys them. I don't have to deal with it. And then he yeah. sells them to somebody else like two days later. I'm like, what? yeah, it just, it's just too wide. And like how I wanted to use it. Like the irony is that like, I don't like shooting wide, not because I don't want a wide lens. Like I was actually fine with the Q in that focal length, but it was just too wide 
for what I wanted on the XC3. I don't know if that makes any sense. I got it. You're like getting close to your kids. I got it. It just, no, it's just weird. It just, it just didn't really feel right. So, you know, like I, I, I was actually shooting with the XC3, the 16 to, to, to 80, fine. But it's just, you know, I'm not locked in at that. The whole point of getting the 16 mil, by the way, was to maybe consider getting a smaller package on, on the XC3 to where like, all right, maybe I'll take that instead of the X100 and I can get rid of the X100. It's not the same thing. Just not. So, you know, why bother when I already have a 16 millimeter and the, you know, the what one stop of light difference just wasn't a big deal to me. So it wasn't worth having another lens for, um, to me, you know, so yeah, that went, that is going, going to, so it was a 16 mil 2.8 for Fuji 28 mil F2 and 35 2.5, which isn't sold yet, still available. So if anybody's interested, great little lens, I I've actually debated keeping that just because again, my goal is to, is to, if you will, uh, standardize on 35 mil on the, the Leicas. To, convince him to get rid of it yeah so you know, that that many 35 lens. millimeter lenses i love that lens which one the scopar yeah I, yeah it, it's for sale it's boxed up it you. oh you want it back no i don't but i regret <laughs> selling, it, selling it to you yeah so you want I, it back. <laughs> yeah, hey right so it's um take that m6 back bro <laughs> nah get sorry <laughs> <laughs> yeah right that's that appreciates yeah. so yeah. So, so right now what I'm using as a primary, which I, you know, and I think this is, this is really what's helped it also is that I have a 35 millimeter F2 Ultron, like the newer one that came out with like a year or so ago, uh, maybe two years now. It's a great freaking lens, a spherical lens. Um, you know, it, it's the sharpest lens I think I've used on the Leica so far. I mean, I haven't known any Leica lenses. So yes, I know there's some Macrons and some Luxes that are probably sharper, but you know, for what I've had on the camera so far, it's really good. And I really, now I don't have any faults with it, right? The one, two faults I had with it before is that a lens hood was ugly and I didn't like the lens hood before. So I got a different aftermarket lens hood. It's a little thinner, smaller, it keeps the profile low. And then the focus tab um, or focus knob, I think we talked about this last episode. I now 3D print them and they are for sale. So if you have a, an Ultron and you don't like the Sir, little post. Sir, we don't plug things until the end of the episode. Oh, no, no, no. It's being plugged <laughs> right now. Plug now and later. Uh, so that's there. So that's kind of helped with the ergonomics. The one thing that's a little off on it, shoot, um, it's not off. <laughs> that was a beer can. Um, one thing that, that is still kind of something to deal with is that it it has a close focus, minimum focus distance of like 0.58 meters. So I, the way I shoot, especially with the kids around the house is like, I'll rack focus to like the closest distance and like, you know, kind of rock my body back and forth to get a feel of like, you know, what's important, not get a feel to until it's in focus. And I'll take close-up shots that way. So, you know, with this, I kind of have to like put it to 0.7 meters and then, you know, do that. So, you know, it's a little stupid step to do extra, but it, you know, if you're trying to just get stuff in a moment, it's, it's, uh, it's kind of annoying. So not a huge deal breaker, but it's the one thing. So, so that's what I have now. And I really dig it. So if anybody out there knows how to fix up with a 3d printer, please let us know. Yeah. And I, 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 we talked about this before, like, like offline, like, you know, maybe there's a way to like build some kind of stop on it. Um, I haven't looked into it any further to be honest with you, but I, I can imagine there's something that could be done for that. But so Christian, you're going to say something. I vote that you sell one of your 35s at least one oh, yeah, and then get a 35 Summicron to try out. Uh, I don't think you're going to love the Summicron. I just think that this is something that you've put into your head that you need to get out of your head. And the only way to get it out is by <laughs> getting it and using it for a week and then being like, 
yeah, no, I'm not convinced, and then get rid of it. Yeah, uh, I, I have thought about think, that. Like, I think you should be more looking into something like the King of Bouquet or uh, maybe even like a, a Meyer, uh, what is it, Meyer? Yeah, Meyer Optics thing, whatever. I don't know. I, I haven't heard anything much about them, so I, I know or, the name. I just what's the other one that's like um a japanese lens that has like the what the ms optics stuff Uh, that's i think more so along the lines of i think what i think from all the conversations we've had and there have been many of what you're looking for um i would love to try out the 28 from ms optics i think it looks so cool Oh, that lens looks one cool. Beautiful lens <laughs> yeah. I, I must say, yeah, that is a I cool looking lens. Um, and I think that the images that it creates is something more along the lines of what you're looking for. I prefer a much sharper clinical look. Um, therefore, my 35 Summicron is my favorite lens that I own, and probably the lens that I use the least. Yeah. And because my M10 doesn't barely sees the light of day now, I'm almost getting to the point that I'm working every day. Uh, and I strictly shoot with my SL2 with a 50, uh, uh, 50 Summicron SL and the Q2. That's all I use. I have, I don't know how after all the gas I've had over the years and gas that I create kind of like what you do, where it's just like, I think I need this, but then I just sit there and I really think about like, do I really need this? And I have yet to find myself in situations where I really need that. Like if I'm at a wedding and I need a wider lens than what I have, which hasn't happened yet. And I've done a lot of weddings. I have a second shooter that has a wider lens than what I need. So I'll just have him shoot it for her. Like and it's not that very the Q2 or the, Q, huh? the Q also or the Q2. I don't know what you're carrying, but that's your wider lens also. Well, like, I mean, what, all I carry in general for both portraiture, street photography, and, well, not street photography. Street photography, I try to do with my M10 and my 35. But for wedding, for work, for weddings and portraiture, which is my work, I only shoot with the SO2 of the 50 and a Q2. Mm-hmm. And that's yeah. it. And yeah. I honestly mostly shoot the Q2 at 35. You got like yeah. the two focal lengths you need. Yeah, like I don't need anything. I want to convince myself that I need a 90, which I have a 90. I have a 90 Sumerit that I can put on my SL2. I can't use it on my M10 because it back focuses on my M10. But if I really wanted to, I could just throw it on my SL2 and use it like that. I have yet to find the the time and place that I, number one, need to do that. And number two, really want to do that. I don't know that I want to be like manually focusing lenses on, on my SL. That's just what do you do at the church when you're shooting like the nuptials from like, do you get like really close to shoot them or not really dude? Like I get decently close with my 50. And if I really have to, I mean, I'm shooting an SL too. So I have 40, 47 megapixels. I can crop. Yes. I love 47. but, But realistically to be real with you, like I haven't yet to have to do that. I just yeah. don't, that doesn't, it's not a situation that ever comes up for me. True. I, and I've had, dude, I've literally had other photographers tell me, photographers, wedding photographers that are veterans, like you need a wide lens, man. You need an ultra wide lens in case you need to shoot a big room shot. 
I've never had to shoot a big room shot before. I don't even shoot details at weddings anymore. Yeah. I'm the primary shooter, so my second shooter is shooting details. Mm-hmm. Like it just doesn't come up. And then if I have a big group, I just walk back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> I've literally shot a humongous group of like 50 people with my Q2 across the room, basically. Yeah, and it just it's works. Pretty like, wide. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. Once you get past like 24, you're getting fisheye and nobody really wants that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I wouldn't mind having a 24 to 90, but then I just can't imagine myself at any point, number one, wanting to go back to a zoom lens because that's what I used to shoot with when I shot Canon. I had a Canon with a 24 to 70 and that was like- The staple. Almost my, <laughs> Everybody my has favorite setup for weddings. And it, it does work really well. I'm not going to lie. It does. But- stylistically if you look at my work now i think i'm doing the best work i've ever done with two primes yeah you know so so let's discuss that you've also been shooting now for longer and doing this for longer do you think maybe you go back to the zoom you're you might eventually get back to that would be your best work ever using the zoom no 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 because like i think that using a zoom and i'm not this is in no way my words. I've heard this several times from many photographers and many workshops and many YouTube videos. Using a zoom and not using primes, all it does is kind of muddy up your style. Like there's no consistency. Like if you're shooting at 24 and then you're shooting at 90 and then you're shooting at 75 and then you're shooting at 50 and then you're shooting at 35 and then you're shooting at 28 and then you're like, where's the consistency there's no consistency yeah i can see that and so i just think that like i just think that although i do view lenses as tools i think i've just found the tools that i'm best with you know 50 has been my most used lens throughout my career because other than 24 to 70 i had the 51.2 from the l lens from canon and that was what mostly stayed on my camera um, for portraiture specifically. Like when I, when I, you know, when I would do portraiture for like kids or families and stuff, and then portraiture for weddings, I always had the 50 on and then everything else event coverage was the 24 to 70. And I've just found like for event coverage, I can literally just show up with my Q2 for event coverage and I'll be fine. Yeah. I mean, I kind of feel the same way about 35 now. And it's funny because I used to feel more comfortable with 50. And I remember when I got the M240 on, it was like, get a 35 because it'd be easier to focus and whatever. And like, I basically, I think combination of when I got the X100 and the first X100, X100F that I had, and then um, the M240 with 35 on it, like, that got me used to 35 and now I have a 50 and I bought a 50 because I feel, you know, there's still a difference to me, but like if I had to pick, I definitely pick 35 mil only, you know, for what I do, which is obviously just, you know, hobbyist stuff. And I, I just feel like it's easier to see the world. And it reminds me of when I had the, what was it? The 40 mil, a 1.7 on the micro four thirds, which is a little tighter. Like that was my favorite setup. It was a, yeah, it was a, sorry, not 40 mil, but it was 20 millimeter, but it was a 40 millimeter equivalent. And that was my favorite setup on that camera because again, for one, the size just made it really small. 
and it just, you know, was a fast prime. I mean, it didn't focus very fast, which, which is interesting, but you know, it's just like, it was the type of thing where it's like, you know, and I hate to get into the whole, uh, you know, not nomenclature, but you know, term, oh, documentary photography, whatever, or, or, you know, documentarian. I mean, you know, I'm just a guy taking photos for fun, but like, it was easier to kind of just see and preconceive stuff. And like, you know, cause it's, I guess, close to whatever, uh, uh, how people view the world. Like it, it, it just feels natural to me now especially yeah. with a rangefinder, especially with a rangefinder. Cause you know, it's not the entire frame, but it's also not, you know, tight, like a 50 where there's so much space around it. And it's just easier to work with. I, I, for me, I, I agree with you in that shooting a 35 millimeter on the M10 is my favorite thing to do ever. Like yeah. photography is not only my profession, but I'm lucky enough that it's also my hobby. And when I travel and when I have time for myself to actually shoot, like there's no question in my mind i'm using my m10 it's just so pleasurable to use and the way that you see things is so natural and it's so quick and easy and and just natural for lack of a better word it's just natural it's just your hand moves in a certain way your eyes move in a certain way you can open both eyes and see what's coming like it's just perfect so your hands move in a certain way I used Leicas for the past, I think, five years, and I still didn't really know which way the focus went. You said so this Christian, like last episode. Me, like, Christian mentioned like you push out and you for I think you put I already forgot, but I think it's you push out to go <laughs> further and push in to go closer, and that stuck with me. And I've been doing that. And I'm like, oh, this is so easy. This is amazing. Yeah. It took yeah. me like five years to realize this. Yeah, it's funny how that works. Like when someone says something, you're like, the light turns on, and you're mm-hmm. like, oh my god. Yeah, when it's spelled out for you sometimes. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. When it's spelled out sometimes, it just makes it that much easier to kind of like. Yeah, I've definitely had grasp of those yeah. moments yeah. in my career where it's like someone says something, they're like, oh, just do this, and I'm like, yeah. Why didn't I think of that before? <laughs> but part of the reason I don't think about it is because you guys are you're shooting like a fifty. You like shooting fifty, thirty fives. Like it's more challenging. I am a pragmatic, lazy photographer. If my ideal on the light will be a 24 because you set it to F8 and everything from like one foot to infinity is in focus. Don't even have to bother focusing. Just go around shooting everything. <laughs> but when you shoot 24, like you have to get really close to people, which I often don't do, which is why I ended up now with a Q2. I have a 28 millimeter, set it to like F8 or F11. Pretty much the entire world is in focus and I could crop and 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 i still have like 30 megapixels when i get that close it's amazing it's yeah it's opening up an entire new world like i took a photo i I posted on my story of like the scene which was already very cropped in when i did it and then i kept on going and going and going and going i could read like this little warning sign on the door and i was across the street on a 28 millimeter i'm like this is insane yeah i love this i i think as I wouldn't call it a criticism, but just as like a something to say about both of your guys's work is I would like to see what your work looks like. If you guys get closer to people. I, I, I do. I, I would like to, but I, I, I don't think, I think that's why I've settled on 35 too. Cause I thought about this actually, you know, as I'm selling 28, like I, it's not even that I don't like getting close. It just, it doesn't, I, it would it'd be one of those things where like I need to like do what I've done with 35 where it's like this is the lens I'm going to use and this is how I'm going to go about it so it's not necessarily that like I don't want to or I'm particularly afraid it just doesn't come naturally and going back to like you know me always changing stuff like that's why like I've kind of said look I'm I'm 
ditching everything except for the 35 mm -hmm. and I want to stick to that at least, at least for primes. Right. I mean, I have the yeah. X 100, which is the 35 equivalent. I have the, the, you know, 35 uh, Ultron on there. And that's, I've basically said, that's the limitation I want to live with is like that Fogolet. I don't, you know, I haven't even used the 50. I'm legitimately, legitimately thinking about selling it because, you know, I just, I, it, same thing for me. It I don't, doesn't I don't even like, yeah. I don't necessarily like using a 50 millimeter on the M 10. The only lens that I, that was 50 that I, absolutely loved on the m10 and it wasn't so much the use or like the the experience the shooting experience of it it's more so like the image quality and what it looks like after is this the 50 sumo luxospherical like that lens is yeah. just like the creamiest thing i've ever seen in my life i have uh a bunch i i did a like There's i borrowed one from the leica store miami and i did three sessions with it uh, three portrait sessions and those are some of my favorite portraits I've ever taken it was just like single person portraits uh, of some friends of mine it wasn't so it wasn't even like work it wasn't something I got hired for I just I called them I'm like hey I want to test this lens out are you down to shoot and I went to their house and I did it and I saw the photos after and I was like I need this lens I haven't been able to afford it um, there's one for sale for like 2400 bucks what there's a 50 millimeter Sumilux a spherical for sale for like 2,400 bucks on, I think, like a classifieds. I know, but my wife won't let me buy it. But you need it. <laughs> so I tried, I tried to tell her you won't put cheat. gas in your I car. I tried to do what, what Mark is doing with the Voigtlander and cheat and get something cheaper. And I got a Zeiss 1.5 and 51.5. And I kind of hate it. Like, it's def it's nowhere near what the sumo looks, looks like like not you can't even compare yeah because it's you know not a leica I mean? lens you have to like on your leicas so mark you need to get the sumacron yeah I, i'm debating it i'm debating it like going back a few episodes the best time to buy a leica is now yeah lenses you buy a used cron like it's not going to lose value it might actually gain value mm -hmm. especially with tariffs and everything the prices are going up oh yeah shit so yeah. <laughs> So Unless yeah. you buy one of those Portuguese ones. Portuguese ones. Who would do yeah. that? Not me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, but no, I mean, I, you know, and we talked about this a little bit offline before we started recording, right? Like, I don't think at this point, like, it's the sticker price that shocks me anymore. I mean, yeah, should I? It, well, it does. It's a part of the decision because that's my question is like, would it make more sense to save the what you know three times the price or whatever it is um used to just stay with what i have which i'm i'm to be honest with you like optically content with like i i mean if there's better like i'm like okay so right but at this point it's more a matter of you know getting rid of the two little annoyances that i said you know the um close focus distance and mm -hmm. there's another thing i forgot i forgot what it was that i said but anyway that that was the last thing mainly that i remember um and, you know, just have something that is, I don't want to say, again, be more cliche, but like, you know, a forever lens with a forever camera type of thing where it's like, all right, this is a setup that, you know, has no flaws, if you will, right? It's like, you know, do I go for that and just get the get the best and just say, all right, well, I've done it. And worst case, I sell it, you know, you can or something. Take that, you can take that like a Sumacron in 30 years when there's like a freaking thousand megapixel camera, the SL10 or whatever, and you can put it on that or the let's say the m15 or the m20 
and put it on M50. that and it's going to look amazing. Whereas Maybe it I might feel like having something like the Voigtlander or a Zeiss even yeah, it might look cool, but like it's just not going to look optically the same because it wasn't made with that same like quality control. But even oh. if it doesn't look amazing in 20 years or 30 years, there'll be some guy out there with a vintage M10 that's going to be like, these CMOS sensors are the best colors. You guys won't believe it. Yeah. So I have this corroded CMOS sensor know, and I need to I buy this like... 35 millimeter Sumer from this generation. Yeah. This guy is selling for $25,000 because he still has an original, the original box. Yeah. He could be that guy. Yeah. Because it's funny you mentioned that. Like the, you talk about lens design and stuff like that. It's actually, I don't remember where I read it, but the, more modern lenses, one of the benefits of them over the Leicas and everything is that they're designed for like these higher megapixel, like digital cameras, right? Like if you think about optical designs for Leica lenses, they're made for film cameras. Yes, they're bolted onto Leica bodies, which I'm sure they factored that in when they designed the body in a sense and everything like that. But, you know, the lenses, modern lenses are able to resolve a lot more than any kind of older lenses, which is kind of one of the concerns I have about like buying an older Summicron. I'm kind of set on getting one of the two s spherical just because i'm like all right i don't want to you know so about that there's okay, two spherical yeah and the version one the and two rumors yeah. online i don't think it's ever been actually confirmed also the double s spherical three spherical yeah but yeah but nobody's gonna afford that one uh, <laughs> i mean some people can so, so the as the version two of the omarit the sumercon all those Apparently, it was created for the higher megapixel cameras. So the version one might not really hold up to these higher megapixel, 40-something megapixel sensors, mm-hmm. maybe even 24. So, Yeah, and, and I didn't hear that. Yeah. I didn't hear that. That's kind of why I brought up. I didn't hear that difference between particularly those two versions of the Summicron. But that's why I mentioned, like, the older versions, like the King of Boca and all the things like that. Like, I have heard that, yes, more modern lenses um you know were designed with digital sensors in mind which can obviously resolve a lot more power than film i mean even if you go to like a you know 16 megapixel cameras probably still has more resolving power than film right as far as like you know whatever you get what i'm saying that what it can actually show and and so on so yeah that's definitely something i i've considered um and and that's that's one of the i guess the reasons to just go for a super crown right i mean thankfully like affording it isn't particularly an issue meaning like, yeah, I mean, it's a lot of money. I mean, like for anybody to buy and everything like that. And you know, if you can do something for less money, sure. Why not? But you know, I, like I said, I've kind of gotten over the price part of it, meaning like, yes, I will spend it if like I have a compelling reason and you know, enough time to put the money aside or whatever the right opportunity comes across to get one. So it's not that it's just a, do I need to like for perfect example, and this analogy, I work at home, right? Especially the pandemic, right? I'm even at home more. My car, thankfully it's paid off. But if I were spending money on a very expensive car that just sits, I'd be very upset. So my thinking is if I'm okay with a lens that is a third of the price that does what I need to do, what is the true benefit or the, you know, I guess the realistic benefit of, of getting or spending the money on like a lens, if I'm satisfied with what's here and, you know, you know, how much sharper is going to be, how, you know, I'm not, again, I'm not printing images big. I'm not doing this professionally. So, you know, the, the only thing that I see is again, uh, you know, 
lens that works properly with the camera meaning like you know i didn't have to ghetto code it and a bunch of other things you know 3d printer focus tab for you name it you know so it's got a pragmatic here your car every day it sits it's losing value mm-hmm. every day that voigtlander sits it's losing value here every day that sumercron sits it's gaining value yeah or at least holding oh, holding strong yeah. so if you're gonna have one lens here you're not gonna use it let's sit there should be yeah sumercron. Should just yep. buy one right now. Well, that's true because I mean the right idea is the to use it. Let's do it. Huh? <laughs> we're we're, we're, we're streaming live card? now. Where's on my credit Fred card? Miranda. Man spends money live. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's a fair fair kind of you know analysis of it, right? I mean, you know, and like I said, thankfully it's not pressing. It's not like I have no lens, and I've honestly just been just waiting to like get at least the majority of these lenses sold. So you know, it, it's just. All right, the money is sitting here, and you know, or at least the majority of the money is sitting here. Now it's just a matter to go buy it, you know. So um, we'll see. I mean, they go up for sale. I mean, I there was a couple. I checked. I always check B and H used and Adorama just because I have a thing about like buying stuff used like at that price level than having some shitty like unexpected experience with it. Um, so I always check there first to see what they have, and the prices are legitimate, like six to seven hundred dollars more. But they're flying, and I, there's none on Fred Moran in the last time I checked. So, uh, but I, I just keep a lookout and see. Uh, Dude, I'm sure they're like classifieds. So there's like one every other day. So, yeah, yeah. I I'm don't sure. know. I I just buy everything with PayPal, and if something happens to it, PayPal will refund you. That's true. Yeah. So, all right. Well, we'll see. Um, like I said, hopefully I won't. Unless I, at this point, unless I find something that's, let's call it a nine out of ten. Uh, you know, version one or version two, you know, s- version one sub, let's say 2300 bucks, because I think that's like the threshold that I saw, which is like the max I'd pay for a, a version one, uh, aspherical, um, or you know, maybe 2800 or something. Then I'll, I'll yeah, I'll probably jump on it. I probably the only thing I don't like about the version two is that lens hood looks massive, man. Like they changed it up a bit. I no, mean, no, 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 what? you want the version two. I have Why? a version one Amari. It's the same concept. It has that little clip on hood. Yeah. Which it pops off. Falls off. Not like I've dropped it like 25 times. Someone's yeah. obnoxious. So, I, so I saw that. I saw that. And because remember, so for the audience, right? Uh, I had a version one Summicron that I was testing that I got actually from like B&H or somebody else. And like it that was jacked up. Um, you know, so I had it and I, 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 kind of like knocked when I say knocked around, like flick the lens hood to see if it would come off. And you know, it, it didn't seem to drop. So I, I don't know. It doesn't come off when you flick it. I've never it. had an issue with the lens hood on mine, but I have a very yeah. four. So, so well, yeah, going, this is the same one we talked about. Yeah. My biggest issues were when I was in California, it was kind of cold, I had a bunch of like auto wear on and stuff. I had my camera bag and a baby that <laughs> something would just nudge the little tab and drop my lens cap and it kept on happening. And it happened so many times. I'm like, I hate this lens. And I'm constantly thinking about getting rid of it just to get a version two that has a screw on lens hood. Yeah. All right. Well, all right. So the decision been made just like previous episodes where like I said, all right, I'm going to get an M10 or whatever. And they come back with one. Maybe, you know, I've decided or yeah. Right. Next week I'll I'll be back with it. Some crown. At least one on the way. Yeah. Yeah. So by by the end of October, he'll come back with a Q2 also. We talk about this all day, all long. week, every like like all day long in a group chat. 
and <laughs> decisions don't get actually made until, until we speak about show. it live on the show. It's the peer pressure, man. I don't think it's the I don't think it's the pressure. I just think that we're talking in person, so it's yeah. like yeah, ideas it is come across easier. Maybe we should have started you know? a podcast 20 years ago. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I've been having these discussions with Mark since like 2002. Yeah. Well, Jeez. I'm glad I came along and forced you guys to start this podcast. Yeah, you did. I have that other ideas so. that I'm trying to force on them that I can't speak of right now. So. <laughs> cool. Guys, well, right, thanks we'll see, so much. So. Uh, like and subscribe, please, uh, on YouTube, Spotify. Follow us on Instagram at cmy.cast. DM uh, me about these focus tabs if you know you got an Ultron. Yeah. You know, it's focus it tab. Is, it it's it's a almost nice a silver crown. It's almost a silver crown. It's it's we're plugging things now. Yeah. <laughs> your uh, beautiful beers at B Culture over on the 826 to 836 interchange. Yo, and yeah. You got your iPhones at Apple. <laughs> Get your coffee at Tinte Cafe. Yeah. Oh, it's actually, it's like always croqueta it. day. And they have the best croquetas in Miami. It's true. Fight me. I'm about to get it. It's not Ila Canaria. In my dreams. It's Tinta. Fight me. Please. <laughs> Later, guys. All right.